Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. I'd like to welcome all those watching online. I'd like to welcome those in our South campus. We're so glad to have you tuned in. I love having you right here in this auditorium. And this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. I'm excited about what I perceive God is doing in our church and even across the nation. You know, it's really interesting that if you, uh, if you really focus on uh, the national news, you can lean toward the negative. And there always is important to have this balance where you have a sense of what's going on in the culture, but you also have a sense of what God is doing. This week, one scripture has been really on my heart, and it comes from the Old Testament. It's, it's about the men of Issachar. And they just said the men of Issachar, they understood the times, and they knew what Israel should do. I believe that is important for us, to understand the times and, and to know what we need to do. And, and that is so important in these changing times. Uh, another verse that's really been on my heart this week it comes from Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. It says, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. So many of you said, God, what do you want me to do? What should I do in a time like this? And it says, um, you need to act justly to do the right thing. You just need to simply do the right thing. You need to love mercy. You're going to have compassion on people. And you need to walk humbly before the Lord. Say, God, I surrender to you. And we just sang about that. I surrender. So those are just some things that have just been on my mind. You know, a lot of times people look at the news and, and they just go uh, way over uh, emotionally uh, like this is the end of the world. Uh, how about this? This could be the beginning of, of what God is doing uh, in us and what God is doing across uh, the nation. So just be, be confident. I like to think about it this way. When I look in the Old Testament and I see the stories of, of national and worldly change, I see uh, times of judgment where God just brings judgment on uh, a culture to reset, to, uh, to bring people to a place of righteousness. Um, I've noticed this in times of judgment, like, for instance, the flood. You remember Noah and the flood, the big ark? Um, we know that in that, God brought judgment in the world, but God saved the righteous. God created, uh, built an ark. And uh, I believe that the church is the prototype of the ark. And so uh, we are the called out ones. And so you don't need to fear about what's going to happen. You're safe in the storm. God has created an ark. It's the church and now is not the time to, uh, to give up on the Lord. Now is not the time to, uh, to shrink back. Now is not the time to, uh, to sleep in. Now is the time to seek the Lord, to return to the Lord. Because there is safety in his word. There is safety in his church. I love that also when I think about uh, the children of Israel. They were enslaved in, um, 
in Egypt, and then God brought them out. You know, as he is delivering them, you see several things. He, uh, he brought them to the Red Sea, and, and Pharaoh's army was chasing them. And so now you've got the army behind you, and then you've got the Red Sea in front of you, and they're in this little, felt the pressure from all ends. Some of you feel like that. You feel pressure from all ends. You feel like that there's a raging army coming up behind you and just and, and you're looking over your shoulder and you're wondering what day is this going to happen to you? What day will you be overtaken? When will this come to your house? And you feel that pressure. And then you're trying to get out of it because, you know, oftentimes when we do feel pressure, we try to, uh, to get through or to get away from the pressure that we do feel. And then we look ahead of us trying to get out of it, and there's just this huge obstacle there, the Red Sea. And so we feel this pressure that we know that God has delivered us. God has delivered us from slavery. We've, we've been enslaved by sin. We've been enslaved by our past, and God has set you free. God has set you free. He has the power to bring freedom But isn't it interesting how God had set these children of Israel free, but yet they are right now feeling their past come raging toward them, trying to overtake them and take them back. Some of you feel your past coming up to try to drag you back to where you were. And you feel this, and it's it's, it's like an army that's coming after you. And, you're, and, and you, you live in fear of that. And then you say, okay, I'm going to get away from that. And then there's this huge obstacle. It's like the Red Sea there. Could this be a Red Sea moment for you? Could this be a Red Sea moment for the church? Could this be a Red Sea moment for America? Where at that last moment, God comes and, and they, they lift up the arms of their leader, Moses. And when they lift up the, his arms, the Red Sea parts. You know, oftentimes we read through the Lord's Prayer, and I do this. I say the Lord's Prayer nearly every day. I think about that. I think about our Father which art in heaven. I think that, yes, God is in heaven, and he is in charge, and he has authority. Hallowed be your name. I think about his name. I think that he is, uh, his name tells me that he is righteous and that he is holy. He is sanctified. He calls us out, that he is present with us. His name tells me that he is peace. And I say, hallowed be your name. I need peace. God, and you are the God of peace. That he is my provider, that he is my healer. That he is my banner. And that means that when I go out into war, let's say spiritually speaking or emotionally speaking or so, that God is our banner, which simply means it's uh, the picture of God of that person leading the, uh, the charge, 
waving the banner, and on that banner it says, Jehovah Nisi, that God is our victory. So when we go into the battle that he is our victory and he is the one that's going to guide us. And so I think about that every day as I pray that Lord's Prayer. I pray, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. What does that mean? It means that, God, let your kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? In Romans, it tells us the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy. Let your kingdom come in me. Righteousness. Let me do the right thing. Let me say the right thing. Let me be a person of peace. Let me be a person that brings joy. And God, we pray this over our home. Let righteousness, peace, and joy. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that not only for my home and for your home, but I pray that for our country. God, let righteousness, peace, and joy prevail. And so let, that should be your prayer too, that, that regardless of, of times of transition and times of change, let righteousness, peace, and joy. Because we're going to be a group of people that we love justice, in mercy, in humility. And so we're just praying, God, let your will be done um, on, uh, in, uh, on this earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our, our daily bread. God, supply the need. Here's one interesting thing. There's a lot of just uh, fear coming. Fear about what's going to happen. There's always uh, Satan's number one tool that he has in his arsenal is fear. We all have been affected by it. You know, the COVID-19 virus is very bad. But what's worse than the virus is the fear of the virus. And you may be a person of faith like I am, but still you've been, um, you've had to wrestle with fear this year. Because on every corner, um, you hear bad news and hear the worst thing that could possibly happen. It's fear. And that fear that he uses has a way of immobilizing us, holding us back, you know, like hunkering down, you know, and uh, that we're afraid. What if I do this or what if I do that? God has not given you the spirit of fear. God has given you the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And so we push back the fear and that we have faith that God's going to see us through. Now, just for a moment, when I was talking about, so that we had that Red Sea moment, they crossed over through the Red Sea into the promised land. Okay, why is this important to you? Because we have come from a place of bondage, a place of sin. We've been enslaved in sin. We have been set free, okay? And so God has given us an opportunity to live in his spirit, to live in his favor, to live in his blessing, to live in his promises. So we see our story in that story. We live in the promised land. Okay, as they went into the promised land, 
what you understand from the book of Joshua is that, that there were still um, enemies in the land that they had to conquer. They were in the place of blessing, in the place of favor. Many of you are in the place of blessing and favor. But just because you're walking in the favor of the Lord doesn't mean that there's not going to be some battles and some enemies that you have to pull down. And the very first chapter of the book of Joshua is that um, he calls us to be people of courage. Don't fear. Be, be people of courage. Be people who will walk in boldness. God is going to give you the promised land, but let me back up. So before they got to the promised land, they had to go through the desert, the wilderness. When they were going through the wilderness, I want you to understand this, that God supplied all of their needs. Their clothes didn't wear out. He supplied manna for them to eat. He supplied water for them to drink, he, and he led them. He led them with a, a fire, and he led them with a cloud. If we go through a period, a wilderness experience, I want you to know that God is bigger, that God is going to supply your need. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. That's God's word. Do you accept God's word? Yes, I do. I want you to also. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. God is going to supply your needs. I just want you to receive that. You've got this. That doesn't mean that you don't do what you can do. You do the possible, and God will do the impossible. God will supply your needs. God will supply your needs. So I need you to put your trust in him. I need you uh, to, uh, to get the, the negative stuff out of your mind. You say, how do you do that? You, look, you uh, open up God's word, you listen to worship music, you wash your mind. That's the point. The Bible says that you wash your mind with God's word. That's why it's important. You wash it. And I'm telling you, my mind needs to be washed. My mind needs to be washed this past week. I, part of my 21 days of prayer is I'm stepping away. I used to be a news junkie. I just wanted to know and, um, of what's going on, and, and I would have certain channels on just constantly. But I'm telling you, this week I haven't. I haven't. I've just stepped away. What a week to step away from that. And so uh, my son-in-law came to me earlier on Wednesday and said, do you not know what's going on? And I said, I said, Drew, I said, here's what I need you to do. And I talked to somebody else too in the church. I said, I just want to need you to do. I need you to keep me informed. Just keep me informed and tell me what's going on. Send me the articles I need to read. And you do the work for me. And, and they've been faithful to do that. I still haven't dove into that. I, I've been trying to listen to more of what God's word is saying and, and what uh, men of God that I, I trust are saying as we navigate through these times. And we don't know the future. But I do have confidence in God who holds the future in the palm of his hands. 
I do have confidence in him, and I trust him. And, you know, we live in some interesting times, and I, I did see a, a headline today, and I didn't read into this, but I did see a headline today where um, Amazon Web Services are coming in to possibly close down uh, conservative uh, sites like Parler and some of these other sites like that. And the, the interesting thing about that is if they have the power to do that, then we know that uh, they close down that aspect of political speech, the next one will be religious speech. Let me say this. God's word is going to go forward, and we don't need Twitter, and we don't need Facebook, and we don't need Instagram to make sure that God's word goes out. Okay? And here's what's going to be very interesting. Because as soon as that happens, God's going to show himself mighty. And God's going to be bigger than all of that. Because the enemy would like to come in and shut us down and shut the church down. And we've seen that this past March when churches across America was closed and and attendance has been down. God is bigger than that. Do you know, and you don't know this, because we haven't told anybody this, do you know that last year the uh, church was shut down for 10 months? Uh, Our attendance has been cut in half. You look around, our attendance has been cut. Our online attendance has, has grown. But do you know that last year's donations exceeded the previous year's donations by 25%. 25%. And so God is faithful. You've been faithful. And so I have this confidence that as a uh, transition takes place in Washington, that that God is still on the throne. And that we really have to have this balance here. It's kind of interesting. You know, you got to have a, per, a, a perspective here. you got to have perspective. <laughs> I spent time with my mom and my dad this week in the Alzheimer's unit. My mom's not stressed about Washington at all. Not at all. We've got creakers that are in the intensive care unit for the COVID units this week. They're not stressed about what's going on in Washington. They're focused on breathing and getting through this uh, sickness that they have. In the end, when you stand before those final closing moments, you're not going to say, I wish I'd uh, worked longer hours and um, I wish that I'd watched Fox News a little bit more or Newsmax or MSNBC or CNN a little bit more. You're just not going to say that because those things are going to fade away. 
Heaven and earth will fade away one day. But God's word will be forever true. God's word is true. And you can have the confidence that the words that we say, they are life and they are hope. And when you walk down the darkest seasons of your life, God's word is going to come up out of you. And it's going to give you that comfort and it's going to give you hope that there is a better day coming. Hear me. There is a better day coming. Regardless of who is inaugurated on January 20th, it just doesn't matter in many respects. It matters in a lot of other respects, but, but, it, but know this, that God is bigger than you think he is. My biggest challenge is that oftentimes I put God in a box. Or in other words, I put limitations. I really feel like God is a big God and God can do great things. But my definition of great may be like this. And God is saying to you, those of you that have this vision of what great is, and you can define what great is, God is saying to you today, he is bigger than that. He is bigger than that. God is bigger than that. I just need you to understand that. I just need you to know that you are safe in his arms. That you are safe. Though the world is shaking, the Bible says anything that can be shaken will be shaken. But I'm telling you what is not shaken is our faith in him and our confidence that he will see us through. What is not shaken is that one day we will stand before a holy God and he will look at the believers and he will say to you, enter into the joys of the kingdom. Enter into the joys of the kingdom. I was talking about my mom. You know, uh, my mom, she spends her days listening to Southern gospel music. Songs like Sheltered in the Arms of God and I Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now. Some of those old classics. I think about that. What a reminder that we are sheltered in the Lord's arms and that we are just passing through this life. And that our ultimate home is not here. Our ultimate home is in heaven. I also think about the scriptures that says, In the last days, men's hearts will be failing them with fear. I thought, oh, that sounds so familiar. Men's hearts will be failing them. They're so concerned of the disruption. If big tech tries to silence the church, if the next administration, whoever that may be, tries to silence the church, that's okay. That's okay. If the church is persecuted, that's okay. Why is that? 
because God's will is going to be done. And we see in the book of Acts that when they tried to silence the church, what happened is it spread like wildfire. That the gospel spread like you would have never imagined. I am telling you that this is going to be a year of miracles. I'm telling you that God is going to do immeasurably more than you ask for, immeasurably more than you even imagine. God is going to do that. And I need you to think those words. I need you to receive that. This is the message of Ephesians. Chapter 3, God will do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. Do you know what the next line is? According to the power that works in you. That is why 21 days of prayer is important. Because we are praying, God, get the junk out of our lives and let us be filled with your Holy Spirit. God, get the junk out. We need to get the junk out. When I was raised, I was raised in a classical Pentecostal church, and they said there's really things, three things you need to focus on. You need to be saved, check. You need to be sanctified, and you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what they would say to me. You need to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and a member of the great church of God. That's, that's how they would instill that. Um, and my grandmother, I can remember her saying, you know, if I would mouth off to her, and she says, you need to go and be sanctified. And so we don't use that word a lot these days. Um, but this week I've been thinking about that. What does it mean to be sanctified? To be sanctified means that you've, you're set apart. You're called out. Do you know that you've been set apart? You've been called out? That our goal should not be to look like the world, to think like the world, to fear like the world, to worry like the world. We are called out. We think differently. We live differently. We, we respond differently. We respond as hopers. You know, we're creakers, okay? But we're also hopers because we have a hope that is steadfast and sure. We have a hope in the Lord that Jesus is our hope. What is hope? Hope is the confidence and the belief that there are better days ahead. There are better days and so I want you to understand, you've been called out and, uh, and you've been anointed. You are anointed. The favor of the Lord is on you. And so when you get up tomorrow, I just say, God, I receive your anointing. An anointing means that God touches you. Okay, God touches you and gives you abilities above your own um, natural abilities. You're anointed to do this. Some of you are anointed to work with numbers. Some of you are anointed uh, to work with children. Some of you are anointed with your hands as craftsmen. Some of you are anointed to, to sell. We have different anointings, but we recognize that God is the one that gives us that power. 
So we come to the place where we surrender. God, I give my life to you. I give my work to you. I give my family to you. We surrender. We surrender to him and we say, God, let your spirit flow over us like that rushing mighty wind. Let your spirit flow over us. That's my prayer for you. That God's spirit would blow over you. About 35 years ago, I was a youth pastor here in town. And um, I took our youth group on a trip. Patty and I led our youth group on a trip to do mission work in Montana. And we stayed uh, at the Helena Church of God. Uh, we stayed at the pastor. And one night we were at his house doing a Bible study. It was late in the evening. The windows were up and it was a gentle breathe, a gentle breeze coming into the house. Now, they had curtains. They were probably like 84-inch curtains. They were, from, they were long curtains. As we started to, br- to pray, and say, God, fill us with your power. God's uh, wind started to move spiritually in our hearts, but it, practically in that room, the wind from the outside, I have never seen this before, and I have never seen it since, the wind started to blow in that room, and literally those 84-inch curtains were on the ceiling, touching flat across the ceiling, that the wind blew into that house. And it took my mind back to Acts chapter 2. That when the wind of God blew, and then there were like tongues of fire that came down, and it sat upon each of them, and each of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. I say to you, I pray that the wind of God blows in your life. That you will have this new energy. We think about the wind the wind gives us energy, that, that you would have this new energy, that you would approach this year with confidence that God is going to do what you've asked him to do, that he's going to answer your prayer, that God is going to answer your prayer. And I have prayed over you this week and all of the prayer cards that have been turned in. If you haven't turned in a prayer card, I think there's some as you, um, on the, the tables there. And in a few minutes, they'll have some on the stage here and you can fill it out. And I'm going to pray over you this week. Because we are people of prayer. Because we believe that the Holy Spirit is active And we believe that better days are coming. And we believe that God will supply all of our needs. And we trust. We trust in him. We trust him. And I want you to come to the place in your heart that you open up to him and say, God, come and fill me. Come and fill me. You know, in the Old Testament, they would pray that prayer, and there's times that, that the, uh, they called it the Shekinah glory. It was the presence of God came down 
into their uh, worship service and they couldn't even move. The priest could not even do the service because the presence of the Lord was so real. We need that. Because it is only the presence of the Lord that's going to take us through this season we're in. Don't ever discount the fact that we, that you, me, America, we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And it looks bleak at times. But God doesn't settle his accounts at the end of the week or at the end of the month or the quarter or even at the end of the year, but eventually God will settle his accounts. And he is the king of kings and lord of lords and he will win. I want to be on the winning team. I want to surrender to him. I want him to move in my life. And I want him to move in your life. I want you to walk out of this room today knowing that you are not alone. I want you to walk out of that South Campus knowing that you are not alone. That God is with you. You're not alone. You can do this. You can make it. Whatever it is, you can get through this. But you've got to come to the place where you surrender. Did you say, Jesus, take me, take my life, take my heart, take me. I want you to receive God's word today. And I want you to come back next week and I'll tell you what I planned on preaching today. But I want you to receive the anointing of the Lord on you. I want you to stand today. I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the people in this auditorium. I pray over the people that are at home right now. I pray over the people in our South Campus. I pray, God, that the power of Jesus would be so strong on you that your sins would be wiped away that those things that have you worried and burdened would be moved out that that sickness and that disease and that fear of sickness that you would be healed I pray for those that have financial concerns and financial burdens. Father, I pray that you would make a way even this week. God, that you would bring resources from unexpected places and that you would meet the need. Father, for those individuals that are having a difficulty even paying the rent. And here it is, January the 10th, and they haven't paid it. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would make a way for that to happen. 
Father, I pray for families here. I pray, God, that you would put a divine protection on these families. Divine protection. God, even in the Old Testament, we see a hedge of protection. God, build that hedge right now in Jesus' name. Father, you said in your word that we can pray and that you would send angels to encamp around about the people. I am praying right now that those angels would build an encampment around this church, around our people, around our families, in Jesus' name. So come, Lord. Just open your arms and say, God, I receive what you have for me. Put your hands up and say, God, I receive what you have for me. God, let your wind come and let your anointing flow. I receive this in Jesus' name. I receive this. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Move upon us today, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. We worship you. Just begin to worship and praise him. Begin to worship and praise him today, O Lord. We bless your name. We honor your name. We exalt your name, O Lord. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.